0: hello and welcome to and let's be heard for friday september 1st 2023 i'm mike cachopoli all right how's everyone doing it's a friday night end of the week the start of labor day weekend i'm sure a lot of people have big plans a lot of people already have left town here and I'm sure everyone has a big, big plans for their uh, three-day weekend coming up, the unofficial end of summer. What are you going to be doing? Anything exciting? Anything thrilling? Going on any big vacations? Heading overseas? What are you doing? You better head overseas before next year, because come next year, come 2024, I hear that uh, Europe's going to make you fill out a form, some kind of a, even US citizens have to fill out some kind of a form, on top of having a passport, like kind of a, a a temporary visa. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They want to make it even more difficult. You would think after COVID, and where people are starting to finally starting to uh, travel again, they want to make it easier for people to go away. But they want to make it harder, it seems. Again, even though they lost tourism for all those years. I don't get it. I don't understand it. this this kind of government bureaucracy, um, which of course is, a, is disguised as you know uh, safety, right? You know anti-terrorism stuff. It's all it's all nonsense. It really is. It's all nonsense. Um, remember the nine eleven stuff. We're supposed to be taking our shoes off for a, a year or so. It's supposed to be temporary. Twenty two years later. Look here we are September ten days away from what the twenty second anniversary of nine eleven. We're still doing all those things at airports that was supposed to be temporary. That whole TSA was supposed to be a temporary agency. Remember when the government says something is temporary, it's permanent. They just can't say it's permanent because people would riot in the streets when they say, "Oh, it's." It's temporary because of an emergency. Where have we heard that recently? It's like every 20 years or so we hear this, right? It was temporary because of the terrorist threat, because of 9-11 and World Trade Center and, and then the shoe bomber guy. The guy was a total fucking moron. He put a fucking match in his sneaker. And now for 20 years, we're all taking off our shoes because this fucking idiot retard put a match in his sneaker and basically just burnt his own foot off. It's ridiculous. So when the government tells you something's temporary, you know, it's permanent, such as 15 days to stop the spread on March 15th of 2020. Here we are, September 1st, 2023, and we have institutions that are continuing to stop the spread, right? Stop the spread. Slow down this. Hey, slow down that spread. We did slow it down. Look at this. Four years later, it's still spreading. So we definitely slowed it down. Why would you want it to go away in a year when you can have this forever, right? Why would you want COVID to go away in a year when you can slow it down and have it go forever so the government can keep their power forever? In the intro to this show, if you're on social media, I said that universities and hospitals are now starting to bring back Mask mandates. When you see like a headline that says "mask mandates are back," it's mostly clickbait stuff. Most people will click on that and go, "Oh no, is my city? Br-? No, no city, no government agency has brought it back." And like I said yesterday, they're not going to. They don't have to. The lemmings in the majors, the lemmings in the Democrat-run cities are putting masks back on anyway, so it doesn't matter. They don't have to bring back mandates. And piss people off, and to deal with lawsuits and social unrest, they know the lemmings are now programmed. They programmed them over the course of three years to do this, so that they don't have to bring back the mandate. It's like we're in a mandate, right? Because everyone's doing it again anyway. But some hospitals and universities are bringing back mandates. Privately run hospitals and universities are bringing back mask mandates. Now, one would think that of all the institutions, that the, the education instit- institution and the medical institutions would know better, that they would be the last to do mask mandates. Because if you're a smart person, you know masks don't work to stop the spread of a virus. If you're a doctor, you know that masks don't stop the spread of a virus. Yet, what are the two major, major institutions that are bringing back masks? universities and hospitals, education, and medical, showing that our education and medical institutions are eternally fucked. Eternally fucked. That the supposed smartest among us are actually the fucking dumbest among us, right? That the the people who claim... Believe me, these people in the education and universities and hospitals—they believe they are the smartest people in the fucking universe. Trust me. Even the ones that don't say it they think they're the fucking smartest people in the world. All right, and they are the dumbest people in the world. Right? They're dumb. The guy that owns the farm in the middle of, in in the Nebraska is smarter than a doctor at Stanford. The the person who cleans toilets. Okay, who cleans the toilets in the in the universities are smarter than the dean of the university, the dean of Harvard. Understand that they're smarter because they know that masks, cloth masks, don't stop respiratory viruses. We've seen that for three and a half years now because because geniuses, geniuses, if it stopped it, it would be gone. If it stopped it, COVID wouldn't be going for the fucking fifth fucking year. We're going into the fifth fucking calendar year of this. So if mass worked, how long does it take to work? Give me a time frame. A decade? Five fucking decades? A century? If it worked, it would have worked! God damn it. These are the fucking dumbest people in the world. And what makes me mad is they claim they're the smartest. They know better than all of us when they don't know fucking guts on a stick, as you would say from Brooklyn. Guts on a stick. They don't know shit. Remember that. The farmer, the guy that cleans the gum off the sidewalk, the guy that cleans your toilets... They're smarter than most doctors and most professors, smarter than most people that run hospitals and run major universities in this country, because those people simply don't seem to know that a cloth mask with 8,726 holes can't stop a microscopic virus particulate from coming into your system and giving you that virus. How do they not know that in the year 2023 going on 2024? How do they not know it? How do they not know it? And if they know it, and they're doing this anyway, they should be fucking canned for acting like fucking retarded assholes instead of supposedly the smartest people in the country. The smartest people in the country should act like it, should lead. So these are the places that are bringing back masks, the the places you would think would never bring them back. Right? Because the dean of fucking Stanford, okay, the guy who runs fucking NYU hospital, you would think would know better than the farmer or the guy that cleans the shit off your toilet, but they don't. So they're fucking worthless. So if they're so fucking dumb, how do we trust them to teach us anything? How do they trust them to teach our youngest people how to become smart citizens in universities and run the world? How do we trust them to diagnose cancer? How do we trust them to cure cancer? How the fuck do we trust them to be able to cure a fucking bad back? How do we trust them to do anything if they don't know the simplest fucking thing? That masks don't stop a virus. And this is the problem. The universities and the hospitals and the medical institutions are now shit. No one trusts them for anything. No one trusts them for anything. The simplest thing. The thing that they may know the best. The thing that everyone might believe they know, no one trusts them anymore. An aspirin for a headache. Who knows if they're even right about that? No one trusts doctors anymore. No one trusts our institutions of learning anymore. And it's because of these fucking idiots who've been running these places over the last three years and act like fucking retards instead of the fucking smart people they're supposed to be. Yes, our education and medical institutions are eternally fucked. Not temporarily fucked. Eternally fucked. Because these are fucking idiots teaching other people how to be fucking idiots. The next generation will be just as fucking dumb as this generation. Because this generation is teaching the next generation how to be fucking morons just like they are. So we'll get more incompetence. Not less incompetence. We'll get continued incompetence through the decades, through the generations. Because you have assholes teaching young people how to be assholes just like they are. That's the problem. Yes, I'm angry because doing it in 2020 was bad. Doing it in 2021 was risk. Doing it in 2022 was moronic. But doing it in 2023, going into 2024, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Nobody should follow this. Nobody should do it. I'm coming into your school, stop me. I'm coming into your hospital, stop me. And we should be doing that in the thousands, in the hundreds of thousands, in the millions, and telling these people to go fuck themselves. Isn't it glad this is a podcast and I can curse? I can't imagine not being able to curse. I need to be able to curse. But this is where we are. I should do a warning. Put your volume on low. Put your for this segment of our program. Put your volume on four. Put you, you know, like when you put a, a, a an earpiece in and your phone won't let you go <laughs> full volume. Oh boy, warning, warning. But this is where we are. This is where we are. It's. It would be bad enough if. Your average laborer thought that wearing a mask was gonna protect you from a microscopic virus particulate from getting into your lungs. Okay, but not supposedly, the supposedly the smartest people in the world. When the smartest people in the world act like the dumbest people in the world, that's a problem. And whether they're doing it because they actually believe it or they're just moron liberals who go along with the moron liberal narrative or they're doing it because they like control, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The outcome is they look like fucking idiots. And we have to stop listening and following fucking idiots. We need to follow smart people like Ron DeSantis, who could possibly be the most competent leader in my fucking lifetime, if not ever. We need to start following people like that. We need to start putting those people on a pedestal. Not people who run these ridiculous universities and hospitals, or people like Don John Trump or, or the or the fake Pharma Swami. Real fucking leaders and we need to be able to tell the difference between a fake, a charlatan, a moron, and a real leader. And not just lump them all into one because of a party or because of a certain institution. We need to be able to tell the difference in this country between competence and incompetence. It isn't that hard. If I can do it, you can do it. I don't know what my IQ is. Maybe like 175, maybe 178. Around that. There are smarter people than me. I'm sure of it. In fact, I think this might be one of them. Hey, Daniel. I... How's it going, Daniel? Look,
1: hey, i um, uh, I think I'll, I'm not going to sure if I can talk you down or not, but. Um...
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting down, believe it or not. So. It's...
1: Yeah, at least I think I should try to get you to look at this from a totally different perspective.
0: Go ahead. Give me a different perspective that's going to calm me down. I need. Yeah, that.
1: Um, if if you can convince people to do something that is effective you are a um, good leader you are your smart leader let me put it that way if you convince people to do something as effective you're a smart leader if you convince people to do something that is entirely ineffective you are a powerful leader i think if you start there you understand what is going on this isn't about people at stanford and berkeley and uh, and and Mercy Hospital and Kaiser Permanente doing stupid shit. This is about them doing things that is displaying their power over you.
0: Well, that was one. I just gave that as one of the three reasons for doing this, right? Are they being dumb? Are they doing it just to follow the, the the liberal lead, liberal leaders, democratic leaders, governors, and you know Newsom and so on and so forth, and Biden, or or what you just said, which is that having the power over people we know a lot of these mandates were about having power over people but Daniel let me let me just play the devil's advocate for a second we've talked about low-level people right who have never had power or influence or authority over anyone in their lives like the the security guard at the at the, at the uh, pharmacy or the, the teller at the grocery store. And those people felt emboldened. This mass thing gave them power that they never had before, right? And we saw that for three years. But you would think the dean of a university, the head of a hospital, those people are very powerful people. They didn't need COVID. They didn't need COVID to give them power or authority over people. These people ran major institutions. So what is the psychological need for them, Daniel, to have this kind of
1: minuscule pathetic power well if you can control if you can convince people to do ineffective things and things that in particular things that they know are ineffective if you can force them to do that you have extreme power over it you're displaying your power to them and it's a warning to people which is don't step out of line don't cross me because look what i can do to you
0: I display, wish I could understand display
1: that. An exercise of power for what is to come.
0: Yeah, but this is not. This is such a pathetic use of power. Of course, it's a pathetic
1: use, but but it's it's an abusive use of power. And, and call it pathetic. It's it's an abusive use of power. And how do we stop it? Well, we stop arguing with them about who's being smart and who's being stupid because that's not the point. We just say no. We aren't going to do it. And if they try to force us, we fight.
0: I, I love that idea. But unfortunately, not enough people do that. So I'm hearing that certain institutions are bringing these back, certain medical institutions and universities, not all of them, not the majority, but it's spreading. Um, but what I don't see are articles written or first-hand accounts on social media, people doing what you say. Well, all I see are people doing exactly what they did two and a half years ago. Well, I can tell you what I'm going to do. If well, I know Berkeley... you, but I know what you did two and a half years ago. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I can tell you what I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do if UC Berkeley brings these masks back. Um, one, one thing I will immediately do is say we're moving out of the university. We're moving into our own facility, our company. And if you, if anyone puts up resistance, if my other um, partners put up resistance, I'm saying. I'm quitting. Your, your company is now going to fold because they know that they know that they cannot do this without me. I'm the brains behind the whole thing. The whole thing would fold up. That's what I do. I would say if if the university says I have to wear a mask. Nope, I'm not wearing a mask. The company is over. If the university says I once again that I, ha- that I have to get a vaccine, I'll say, nope, just like before, not getting a vaccine. Oh, any of those any of those buttons that they try to push again, my answer is going to be no, and I do not care what the consequences are going to be to the 20 and some people now that depend on me within the university because of, of my project and my and, and the funding that we've obtained through my project and my work. I'm just going to say, fuck all of you, stand on your two legs, fight with me, or you're done. That's your choice. Oh, I'm wow. telling you what about the choice that I'm going to make. Well, and like you guys, that. you I, guys are done. You can fight, fight alongside me, or you're done. That's it. Well, I, I like that. I hope you don't have to do that. But yeah, I I, I, I I think the probability is low that I'll have to do that. I don't think um, Berkeley is going to um, bring back this stuff. You know, w- one thing that we haven't talked about in quite a while is, is how you know how insane these people are that um, that think they, that that think they can convince people to To take this to take this up to take this behavior up again. One one thing that I mentioned at the very very beginning of this, the the COVID hysteria was um, that I looked up the um, four. I looked up to see you know how many uh, upper respiratory viral infection type pandemics have there been over the last century or so, and there were four. Um, one of which shouldn't have been declared a pandemic, but there there were four that were declared pandemics. Uh and all of them were from start to finish over in eighteen to twenty four months. We are what? We are like thirty oh, outside. So, forty four 44 months into Yeah, forty
0: forty four months. Yeah.
1: yeah. It, 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 the the president uh, many months ago declared the end to the state of emergency. Back in May,
0: yeah, he he dismantled yeah. his uh, great COVID task force.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so, so so the fact that anyone could think that they could that they they could legitimately try to pull off this um, hysteria promotion again, I, I think that they. Um, I think that they've got a bunch of screws loose, and, and I'm not saying that they're I'm stupid, or I mean this. Once again, this isn't a, a argument about who's stupid and who's smart. This is about people trying to display power. And what I am saying is that they're they're evil fucks, and um and they're taking a gamble. Um, the gamble is that they can convince enough people out there to be hysterical once again. That is going to, that, and, and and this is going to give them that power. That power that they are going to capitalize on in the future, Um and they're looking forward to, to building up some more of that capital. Uh There are people out there that think that they, they can pull this off. No, they're not. They're going to fail. Um There may be some isolated hospitals that do this or shit. There may be some isolated universities that do this or shit, but they they are going to fail. Um, people aren't going to put up with it. I mean, how many people have? How many people are "quote unquote" fully vaccinated? Um, what, fifteen percent? Um, like seventy percent took this the shittiest vaccine ever created, and only fifteen percent got boosted. Right. I mean, I mean, pe- people have had it with with this with this nonsense. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible to 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 do this again, to do the hysteria again. Um, but you know. I think the, the arguing who's smart and who's stupid is just its just a waste of time. It's not about being smart and stupid. It's about exercising power. And exercising that power makes that power stronger just is, like but, anything uh, else you exercise.
0: But to me, and I know it's a power thing. I get it. We've talked about it, you know, so many times over the last couple of years. But what bothers me, <clears throat> makes me angry when I think about it, is is—is this idea that you have these institutions that should be Daniel, they should be leading the way the universities. The, of course, the they should, if they, should if be they leading behaving morally saying more yes, Of course, this stuff is nonsense. Morally. I'm sorry, go ahead. This stuff is nonsense, but they're yeah. not.
1: They're not. Yeah, yeah. And if they're behaving morally, mm-hmm. then of course they, they would do that. But that's that's not their interest. Their interest isn't behaving morally. Their interest isn't being right. Their interest isn't be, in being smart. Their interest is in acquiring power. Their interest is in exercising power. The exercise of that power makes them powerful, not necessarily right now, but in the future. And these people play play an awfully long game. Daniel,
0: I'm depressed in another way. What if, uh, you might not agree with this, although I I don't know if if you can uh, prove I'm wrong here, but what if there are a lot of people, I don't know if it's the majority, but let's say a lot of people, in the medical industry and at these universities who truly believe that
1: masks work there aren't i mean are you sure yes positive 100% how this are you is sure bit, because i talked to them and they and and over and over and over again they said what they say what they've been saying all along they say, "Yeah, the shit doesn't work. Yeah, the vaccine is shitty. Yeah, nobody ever, nobody healthy ever gets COVID. Um, you know this over and over again." But they'll say, "I can't say this when I'm in the clinic. I can't say this when I'm in the o- OR. I can't say this when you know, I'm talking on the phone with you in a, in a uh, remote um, uh, um, appointment." You know, it's it's. it's, it's 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 a top-down exercise of power over physicians. Like I like I keep repeating myself, this is about exercising power. The way that physicians are treated by the administration and HMOs and PPOs et cetera is fucking insane. It's. I mean, you, you go back to the days when I was in medical school when the HMOs were just starting to kick off, um, and, and I was arguing with people in my class saying, "Oh God, this is going to be awful. It's going to, you know, it's going to consolidate power. The, the autonomy of physicians is going to go away. Um, that autonomy and com- competition is something that made American medicine great. That's going to go away, and this is going to just be a shit show. And things are going to get more and more expensive because." insurance itself is just inflationary. It's built-in inflationary um, because it removes the, the, the payer from the people that are providing services by at least Two degrees of freedom. the the whole the whole situation was just ripe for consolidation of power. That that move to HMOs was ripe for the consolidation of power. Increasing the number of people in this in this country with the medical insurance was ripe for consolidation of power, and that is what happened. And so now you have people administrators, people that all all they did was get a degree in uh, hospital administration. <laughs> That's it. They got a degree in hospital administration and they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. You know, they're pulling down five hundred thousand for for telling physicians what their business is with respect to care of patients when they don't even fucking know how to clip a hangnail.
0: So what you're saying about these people who tell you, Oh, we know this stuff doesn't work, it's all nonsense. So they have they have intelligence but no courage. Intelligence, but no
1: no balls. Exactly. They're not Jay Badachares. They're not. Um, uh, they're not um, uh, the Scott Atlas's. They're they're not Marty They're not P- Peter McCullough's of this world. Um, they're not the Lindsays of this world. And they're, they're just none of those people. Um, none of those physicians. Um, and, and it's you know they're not giant the John, John Ioannidis of this world. They're just people that are like everybody else. they had enough intelligence to make their way through medical school, but they just do not have enough emotional fortitude and enough intestinal fortitude to say, "Hey, you know what? I really don't need a second home. What I really need is peace of mind."
0: Well, there is a little bit of good news. We talk about lawsuits. Four doctors, if I can pull this up without all these pop ups, four doctors have sued Washington Medical Commission of a right to free speech. Um, lawyers representing four doctors who sued the Washington Medical Commission, the WMC, after it punished three of them for allegedly spreading COVID-19 misinformation and for treating patients with ivermectin, god forbid, huh, and other off-label drugs, last week argued in support of their plaintiff's motion for declaratory and injunctive relief. The fourth doctor joined the lawsuit after relinquishing her license over concerns of the WMC's investigations of her colleagues. Last week, we asked the court to declare the WMC's COVID-19 misinformation position statement as invalidly adopted and tell the WMC to cease any enforcement under the position statement, said Simon Peter Serrano, one of the lawyers representing the plaintiffs. Turner et al. versus the Washington Medal Commission alleges that WMC broke its own rule-making process when it adopted a rule that doctors must adhere to the commission's COVID-19 misinformation position statement or be subject to penalties. The lawsuit further alleges that WMC's COVID-19 misinformation position statement violates the doctor's rights to free speech as protected by the Washington Constitution and the First Amendment of the US Constitution. The plaintiffs are Dr. Michael Kawame Turner, Dr. Richard Rick Wilkinson, and Dr. Ryan Cole, all licensed in Washington. disciplined by the WMC, including being put on probation and issued a $15,000 fine each for allegedly spreading COVID-19 misinformation. The fourth plaintiff, Dr. Renata Moon, was not disciplined but was negatively affected by its position statement. So these are lawsuits. This is a big lawsuit and it's going forward. And we need to see a lot more of these. I mean, these are just four doctors, right, in Washington state suing because they're not allowed like you tell me, these doctors say they're not allowed to tell the truth. They're not allowed to speak even forget the truth. It is the truth, but to speak their mind as doctors. And yeah. we know yeah. that is we, a violation be the first amendment. It, it,
1: yeah, exactly. It need not be the truth. We have the freedom to speak whatever we want what we want to say. Um, and this is, you know, it's just a perfect example of, you know, of how powerful getting people to do something totally ineffective is. Physicians, like everybody else, they look around and they see people being masked and they know that it's total bullshit and but it's happening anyway. And this and says, look how much power these people have over us. They have that power over me, too. And the right over the top of me, hospital administrators, they're threatening to exercise that kind of power over me, too. It, it's it's it frightens some people, you I know, mean, like I said. I've said before, you know, I got my first introduction to this sort of hysteria back in the AIDS epidemic when I was a medical school student, and I saw firsthand how people's um, character would just cave, just totally cave, because of their hysteria over HIV. Um, And it's it's no different this time around. It's far worse because we have tools of communication and hysteria um, spreading tools like the internet now, which we didn't have back in the mid-80s. And this this could have never happened without the, the internet. Without the internet, and it could never have happened without a um, medical industry that was so consolidated and a medical medical industry that is so compromised and has such so such centralized power. Um, this is you know, 1980s. We didn't have this centralized power in medicine. Physicians were mostly pra- private practice. Um and they had hospital privileges for what they needed to admit a, a patient or use the OR. <laughs> None of this this world and medical world in which we live in now, which compared to the nineteen seventies when it was health uh, um, healthcare took seven percent of our GDP, and now it's almost twenty five percent. We have we're in an entirely different world, but people are still thinking about physicians as though they're country doctors. Um, they're not. They're being, the, they're everything that they I would like to
0: is- see more. Uh, I understand what you're saying and, and the the uh, the fears these doctors had and these professors had two and a half three years ago. But I would like now with all the information we have, with the lawsuits, not only the lawsuits that have gone forward with like I just mentioned with doctors uh, about censorship, but also the Twitter files and the Facebook stuff and all the stuff we've found out about censorship and all all those lawsuits and the House committee hearings. You would think now, three and a half years later, there'd be more people with balls now who could come out and say, you know what?
1: We're going to no, tell the truth yeah. about this stuff now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, when you start seeing some successes in, in these lawsuits, and there already have been some, and there will be more, then you're going to see some of these pathetic people, these pathetic physicians that caved. Um, you're going to start seeing them come out and saying, oh, yeah, I knew it was wrong all the time. And, you know, oh, yes, to, I know that. Yeah, of course. They're going to try to salvage their reputations. You know, you know, it's going to be really pathetic. Well, but yeah. It's gonna, but it's yeah. going to happen.
0: Yeah, and their excuse will be, "I knew all along, but I was worried about losing my job."
1: Yeah, yeah. or or, the, or they'll make, or they won't even mention that part. they just, just mention that I knew all along, and then, and then whenever whenever someone says, "Well, why didn't you do something?" Then it'll be changed the subject time. Yeah, well, it might be changed the subject time for then, but it can't be for us. And well, of course, once it again, it can't, can't be here for society. Well, for our society the, ends. The our problem society is, just literally yeah. is going to end. If we do not, if we do not find and if we do not seek and obtain justice for the greatest crime that has ever been committed in this country, which is the the, the COVID, um, what do we call it? The, the COVID crime of, of hysteria and and um, and and profiteering. And.
0: Still, they're they doing it. They're trying to do it all over again. Now, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah this is, it's diminishing returns. Though, well, diminishing returns saying. because people are tired of it, right? Yeah. it's a, People are just tired of it in general. There might be a million different reasons. why You might be tired of it for a different reason than I'm tired of it. The guy in Missouri might be tired of it for a different reason than the guy in New York, but people are just kind of over it. But the fact of the matter is when you still have universities and when you have hospitals so you have le- institutions of learning higher learning <laughs> supposedly and uh, you know, hospitals saying these things such as we're bringing back these mandates as though they work as though they worked before and will work again you get a lot of people in this country who just follow and believe these are the people who know things so the prevailing thought
1: for many people in this country is that these things work. That's right. That's why all the rest of us have to say, "No, ain't doing it." And, and once they, and once the, the sheep, and those who are tr- truly hysterical, those who truly have concerns and truly think that uh, masks are, are have somehow um, are going to protect them. Those people are going to say, at some point, they're going to have to say, oh, What's these people's point? These people that are saying no, and 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 they the, the the those of them that are the most challenged intellectually, may never lead out of this forest of uh of 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 mal um existence. Um, but those who, who who have sufficient intelligence who surround these people uh, that um don't. They they will through social yeah. pressures force them to behave differently. It's a very complex That's the dynamic system of, of of human behavior and societies and, and social uh, um, structures. It's it's it's, it's going to be a mess, but it's going to work itself out. What we have to make sure of, as as you said, is, is it just can never happen again. It just can't. Um, and yeah. and those people, well, th- go ahead in in making sure
0: something like the Third Reich or the Holocaust didn't happen again, we did certain things, right? And and part of the things we did was punishment, right? We put people in jail. Um, I've talked about this many times, even those Nazi prison guards, when they were 80 years old and took on a different identity, um, we found them and we put them in jail. We didn't let them say, well, I was forced to do this, I had no choice, I was following orders, or that was a half century ago, leave me alone. We said, no, we're going to continue to show that this cannot happen again. And by putting you in jail, that's going to deter people in the future from doing similar things, right? By punishing, 100%. by showing a history that we have punished you, whether it was in 1950 or 1990 or 2000, we still punished you. Um, not only now, punish them, right? So now we're not, not punished
1: them. We hunted them down relentlessly. We punished. did.
0: We had the Nazi hunters. There've been TV shows and movies made about it, yeah. right? Nazi hunters. Yeah. Nazi hunters. You know, we've, we've there have been many great TV shows and and movies made of the boys from uh, Brazil was a good yeah. one. You know, so but we haven't been doing that here. We will. Well. You know, time is a ticking, baby. Time is a ticking.
1: People start to forget about things. It is. It is. Time's, time's ticking. But um, this is cause, have you ever experienced this much devastation in our country? Um, I mean, never. I've, no? ne- ne- f- 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 I've never, never seen this kind of just, dist- this kind of destruction to every institution. Every institution, yeah. Every institution, and yeah. including our just our basic social structure as, as an American society, it, it has just done so much damage. And you can go to the woke cities like in which we live, San Francisco, and you can go out as, as I did this evening. I'm walking home and this doom loop gets just worse and worse and worse. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, I'm, I was walking up Van Est Avenue. And, you know, I'm hearing, hearing about uh, finally the police um, cracked down um, in the last few days on drug dealers and these open uh, air drug markets that happen quite a bit in Soma. That's for other listeners, that's south of Market area
2: wow. and, and,
1: and, and the Market Street area. Um, and they're cracking down on these. Apparently, they made hundreds of arrests. Um, well, great. But I'm walking up Venice Avenue tonight. And it looks like what they did is they dispersed these people all over the city. Dennis, you know, when you got near market, there was a few tents on the street. I'd say, I think it's at least double the number now. Yeah. Well, what happened to have
0: you ever seen the National Guard? Wasn't Newsom supposedly sending in the National Guard about four months? Yes. And,
1: and, a few, and a few of the National Guard members participated in this last few days of, of drug related arrest. But they and have not how, how many were there? Uh, they didn't say how many, uh, and of course they didn't say how many intentionally because now at some point, Newsom's going to say yes, and I said in the national Guard. I sent to, in four. The drug I sent four guys. And how many dog. is it going to be? Yeah, and then, and then Fox News or someone or or, or, or the 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 um, fifth estate that is the, uh, the media on the internet is going to fact check them, and they're going to find out there was four national guard members.
0: <laughs> right. I
1: mean, I haven't seen any.
0: I yeah. walk around the city a lot. I, yeah. Of course, I you haven't through. seen any.
1: Yeah, no, I put I him 15 miles a day and I haven't seen a single National Guard.
0: No, it was all it was all bullshit as usual. It was all bullshit. He didn't send anybody. He came in here. He did his photo op one day and that was the end. And he hasn't been here since. So he hasn't done anything at all. Uh, all we have is London Breed walking through the city in her $5,000 dresses. <laughs> That's about all we get here. <laughs> London, London Breed doing uh, stand-ups on Twitter in her, her, her fancy attire showing off her $350,000 a
1: year salary while the city goes to shit. Yeah, Um, and it's going to continue to go to shit because these people cannot help extricate us from this doom loop and maintain their ideology at the same time. It is simply Mm -hmm. impossible. So it is going to get worse until they're voted out of office. and, And by until, I mean if really, but i i'm I'm trying to be optimistic here well
0: <laughs> oh, if uh, oh no, i i have no optimism that these people are going to be you know, that's why I said often. i'm
1: trying i'm trying because really there's <laughs> no
0: there's no recent history that gives me optimism i need facts and evidence that will give me optimism i don't i don't see it i really don't, well, I, I this don't
1: is, yeah it. i know but this is a very particular situation you don't have any historical um uh, this historic, this event as an historical event it just has never happens. Well, no, no, no. But kid. we've
0: seen it. We had we've had liberal Democrats here who have done a poor job, like Gavin Newsom, and they elected a a liberal Democrat to follow him, and then they followed a, a liberal Democrat to follow that person, and, and we've then seen the cities like up. Chicago get rid of one horrible mayor just to hire an anti police guy. If so, we every all these blue cities, New York City. We've seen the same thing, right? We had Bill Bill de Blasé, the Tower of Jelly. He was horrible, and he was replaced by a a black liberal Democrat who's worse. So every Democrat-run city, we see the same pattern. We never see in any of these liberal Democrat-run cities the people say, you know what? We're electing even a moderate now. So where's the history of optimism for optimism? I don't see it.
1: Well, like I said, this, this, you, you don't really have any historical comparison here. This is a very strange event in our time. So all we have to do, all we can do at this point is try to educate people and and hope that they respond. Um, I we, saw, would. we saw some hope for that. When, <laughs> I don't want when, to do this, our, just, Daniel.
0: Our, I don't want to do this, but I'd like, I, I would make a bet
1: that London Breed wins here again next year. You know, she actually could if if she um, continues trying to crack down on crime and drug dealing around. She could she could actually do. Oh, that. it's
0: all, but it's, but it's it's all words. Yes, yeah. I don't.
1: It's It's, 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 it's just it's, language. It, yeah, it's language. It, but, if, if it improves the drug situation, if it improves the crime situation, yeah, she could actually say, you know, I stood up against the the corrupt board of supervisors and the woke board of supervisors, and try to picture herself as being somewhat of a moderate now. Well, she, that's, could, she could get away with that. Yeah, but, but the board all, of supervisors yeah, could not get yeah, away. With
0: yeah, that. I I guess to me that's all political maneuvering that only works with a very dumb, gullible electorate.
1: Well, we have to, there, we have no shortage of dumb, gullible electric in, in <laughs> any state or city in this entire country or world.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's true in many ways, but it, but it, it, the amount of a, 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 the sadistic nature, the 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 sadistic nature, the masochistic nature, the masochistic nature of the progressive is amazing to me. and they'll keep taking it and taking it and taking it, and they seem to never get to. Rock bottom, where they say, "You know what? We're just not going to take this anymore." I don't, I don't get it.
1: Yeah, and the and sadistic
0: probably... nature of the politicians and the masochistic nature of the people to continue to bend over and take it. Yeah, I don't get it.
1: It's it's truly it's truly amazing how the these um, these structures, these nudge, nudging units uh, uh, that, that, that include our mercenary media, have transformed our previous party. Uh, Democratic Party, from liberals to authoritarians. The left is now the right. The, the left is now more right than the Republicans have ever been to the right. And people on the left, the people that still remain in the Democratic Party, still think that they're liberals. It's the weirdest thing. They're, they're, they're pro-war for, over, for nothing. They're, they're anti-bodily autonomy. They're anti-freedom of speech. They're pro-crime. I mean, these people are insane, it's insane authoritarians. You know, they want just by decree, mandate decree from public health to have our lives controlled. This is authoritarianism that like we have never, ever, ever seen in this country. And hopefully will never will. And it's coming from, of all places, the left. Mm. And they still think many of them still consider themselves as liberal. It's the most... I just... I marvel. That's all I can say. I just marvel at how easy it is to control human beings. Uh, and uh, who,
0: we we saw that over the last three years. If we didn't know it before March of 2020, now we know it.
1: Now boy, know. I, I didn't. I didn't. And maybe you know people that came from yeah I mean, from, uh, other parts of the world and had seen it firsthand uh, in other parts of the world. But I just if, you know I always thought, and I've said this many times. I've always thought if uh, authoritarianism, authoritarian. I'm I'm, my mouth is dry. Sorry. If tyranny, that's the easier word to say right now, if tyranny was ever to come to our, our country, it was going to come from the right. That is what I always thought. Wow, was I surprised? Wow.
0: Yes. Well, many people on, many people who were formerly part of the Democratic Party, thought that, right? That they were always, at least we were told this, the tyranny was going to come from, what, what were we told, the the white nationalists, right? The proud boys, they were going to take over, all 10 of them. going now, now we know better, don't we?
1: Yeah, and the Chris, Christians were going to f- force you to, to um, say the Lord's Prayer every day or something, you know, or, or pray in school. Instead, what are we doing? Pe- pe- people are, <laughs> I mean, still now you have the left forcing you to get, an experimental, shittiest vaccine ever. You know, give me school prayer any day over that.
0: Well, and and some will make the point, even the liberal Democratic mayor of New York City said that when we took prayer out of school, that's when things started to go downhill. I think it's a lot more complicated than that.
2: It's It's a whole lot more
1: complicated than that. It's it's really, yeah, yeah, go ahead anyway. I don't want to interrupt.
0: No, but... I I don't discount that yeah. as, as as possibly leading towards this kind of deterioration of society. You know, uh, look, it's one thing to be a religious holy roller and to try to push. That's a, that is a a, a form of uh, you know uh, authoritarianism, right? Where you try to push your religion on others. But that's such a small percentage of those people. Most religious people I know never even talk about it to me and totally respect i'm talking about whether they're religious on the left or religious in the center or religious on the right they totally respect my right to not be religious and they understand it totally they might not agree with it but they don't in other words they don't, they don't try to say you better be this way or else but we have certainly seen the left especially over the last 4 years saying you better do this, you better wear this, you better take this, you better do this or else, buddy. And we saw in polls over the last, especially between that period of like mid-2020 and mid-2022, we saw polls where Democrats, the liberals, were the ones saying that people like us, Daniel, you and I should be ostracized and
1: put into camps. Yeah. is not the right that would medical care? that, it was the left. Yeah, yeah. They they were saying that we should be denied medical care if we haven't gotten uh, the COVID. Exactly,
0: vaccine. the yeah. left was saying that, not yeah. the right. The yeah. left.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't get a trans- organ transplant if you unless you've had the shittiest vaccine in the world. Yeah, it's 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 uh, unbelievable, and it came from the left. Um, and I never expected it. I never ever expected in the United States it would come from the left. Yes, in in other countries I might have expected it to come from the left, but not in the United States. Wow, that's how well, you know. That's how we, we can just sit back and sit and marvel. But how, how we... you could make, how you could slowly lead people through, yeah. our, through classical psychological conditioning to adapt a position that is the entire antithesis of the positions that they adapted only a couple years earlier. Yeah. That is an amazing psychological feat. And, and, Integral to all that was this question of masking and the promotion of fear and this display of power. If you can, like I said at the beginning of this, and I'm going to sign off, I think, with this. If you can convince people to um, behave in, in, in an infe- effective manner, you're smart. If you can convince them to adopt an ineffective behavior, you're powerful. I like that. Thanks, and, Daniel. I appreciate it. appreciate yeah, the call. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to the movie review. You're going to have one, right? Two of them. Yeah, Awesome. Cool. Two. Thanks.
0: Double the pleasure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Double the fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two times the okay. fun. Daniel,
0: thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Oh, hey, Bill. Wow, I was worried about you, Bill. I haven't seen you in about almost two weeks. I was very concerned. But I saw you were hosting a room earlier, so I said, okay, Bill's okay. Uh, okay, so what I want to just... I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Farmer Swampy and, and DeSantis, but staying on this for another couple of seconds here. And yes, at the end of the show, there will be reviews of the film's Bottoms and Equalizer 3. But this is from David Zweig uh, from something called silentlunch.net. And this is a, was written today. Uh, a study bombshells finding. This is a bombshell finding that's been totally ignored. Despite very low numbers of people with serious illness, the recent rise in COVID cases has led to a return of mask mandates in a number of institutions, as I've talked about, right? Medical uh, universities. Also, of course, what's that third institution? Oh, Hollywood. In Hollywood, the movie studio Lionsgate issued a requirement for masks. Lionsgate is a movie studio. Uh, as several co- colleges, universities, along with hospital systems in, of course, California and New York, some medical and health professionals have even demanded a return to them in schools. The return of required face coverings, of course, echoes official masking guidance and policies that were enacted in many contexts from spring 2020 through early 2022. Universal masking was part of a broader pandemic response beyond vaccinations that was based on mandatory non-pharmaceutical interventions that also included quarantining healthy people who were potentially exposed to an affected person, banning gatherings of healthy people in churches and other places, and long-term preemptive closures of schools and businesses, mask mandates. And these other interventions were and are premised on a basic idea, a large portion of healthy people may unknowingly be infected with COVID and could transmit the virus to others. The results from a unique new study, however, call this logic into question. Before I go on with this, I'm glad he's writing this on September 1st of 2023, but many people, including myself and a lot of doctors I've mentioned on this show, including Fauci himself, by the way, in February of 2020, said the silent spreader thing is total bullshit. The paper, published in the August issue of the journal The Lancet Microbe, found that infected people pre-symptomatically, that is, before they develop symptoms, very rarely had the ability to infect others. Once again, that is exactly what Fauci said the month before the lockdowns, that the whole idea of asymptomatic spread is so small that we've never really worried about that in the future. Then all of a sudden, with COVID, uh, we worried about it. This is the second rigorous study, the first I reported on in May of this year with a groundbreaking result that showed the limited ability of most people without symptoms to infect others. Uh, What this means is that compelling people without COVID symptoms to wear masks in any number of environments, including most controversial schools, along with quarantining healthy people, closing schools, other social distancing measures, likely yielded far, far less benefit than we were told. Neither finding has received much attention outside of this newsletter, though both studies employed methods that are more reliable than those that supported the notion that silent spread fueled the pandemic. The Lancet paper detailed the results of what is known as a challenge study, where participants were purposefully infected with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID, and then monitored in a controlled environment. The researchers from Imperial College London then tested for presence of the virus on the inside of masks worn by participants, their hands and the air and surfaces in individual rooms that participants were kept in for at least two weeks. The authors found that just 7% of emissions into the air and environment from infected participants occurred before the first reported symptom. This is an arresting finding, considering that it contradicts the prevailing wisdom among health professionals, authorities, and the public modeling studies which are conjecture based on subjective inputs from the modelers as early as may 2020 had estimated that roughly 30 to 50 percent of community transmission occurred before reported symptoms this set of the this this set the narrative for the pandemic and was used as a justification for much of the policies imposed on the public uh Uh, I'll read a little bit more here. The the Imperial College study bolsters the findings from a little-known study that I reported on earlier this year. That study by researchers at Stanford University, where uh, Jay Bhattacharya is from, assessed the results of a unique PCR test they developed that was able to determine not just whether a person was infected, which is what a standard PCR test does, but also whether they were capable of infecting other people. From their special test, the researchers found a remarkable 96% of people who were PCR positive, but without symptoms were not infectious. Together, the findings from both Stanford and Imperial College studies make a strong case that pre-symptomatic and asymptomatic transition was fairly uncommon and certainly dramatically lower than the estimates made by models. So this goes on a little bit longer. You can find it on Silent Lunch. .net, David Zweig from September 1st. Um, This is what we've talked about many times on the show. The silent spreader bullshit, and I said from day one, silent spreader sounds like a movie title for a a horror film, right? Was necessary in order to impose a lot of these mandates. It was a, a necessary fear, right? Because before that, before 2020, any respiratory virus, it was all about Are you sick? Are you sick? Oh, don't cough near me. Don't sneeze on me, right? So you would know, all right, if you're sick, you stay home. How crazy. If you're sick, you stay home. You don't cough in someone else's face. You don't sneeze on someone's lunch. It was pretty simple, right? So if you followed that same logic for COVID, then all these mandates are not necessary. If you're sick, you stay home. So where is the power element? They needed the silent spreader to impose these mandates, to have the power principle over people. Oh, my God. No, you can't go see your grandmother. You certainly can't go to your grandmother's without 20 vaccines and three masks, because even if you're feeling fine, you're sick. This is what they had people believe, that you're feeling great you're dying, you're sick, and you can make grandma and grandpa pass away if you talk to them for 10 minutes in person. This is what they had fucking people believing. This is why people in the last two, three years of their lives didn't get to see their loved ones. How fucking disgusting is that? This is how people who, were they were sick in a hospital, people couldn't go visit them. S- healthy young people, grandchildren, couldn't go visit they're they're dying relatives because it is bullshit silent spreader garbage that they had people believing you see That's the power element, but it's totally, it's so nasty, it's so nefarious, it's so evil that these people who did this, anyone who was on record of doing this in 2020 needs to fucking go to jail. They need to live the rest of their lives. Someone like Fauci needs to rot in jail. You want Trump to rot in jail? Fauci needs to rot in jail in the fucking cell next to him. Because this is nefarious, evil, horrible, bullshit, satanic garbage. That's what it is. Understand that. People in the last three years of their lives died alone, didn't see their relatives. Understand that. We're not talking about 10 people. We're not talking about a 1,000 people. We're talking about hundreds of thousands, millions of people throughout this world. Do you want to die alone? All these people had to because of this bullshit in particular of this silent spread of garbage that that fucking little elf that needs like Ron DeSantis said, needs to be fucking kicked across the Potomac swung across the Potomac, hopefully falling halfway through his demise said in February of 2020 was not a concern. But when he realized, when they all got together about a month later in that smoke-filled room, they needed the silent spreader bullshit to have control over people, or they'd have no control. These fucking bastards. Hey, Bill. It's good to see you. How's it going?
2: Good, my Good. It's good to hear you get fired up. I would do it with you, but I'd wake people, so, you know, I got (laughs) to make (laughs) believe Have you I'm, been I'm, uh, sleeping
0: through my show, Bill?
2: I, you know, what I decided to disengage from the Trump Biden two, crime family drama, and uh, <laughs> it's,
0: it's only getting started.
2: Oh uh, yeah, well, that's what they wanted to occupy us with this, uh, this kabuki theater. You know, granted, there's crimes committed. Don't get me wrong, but this well, this is this is, this is go, ahead, go ahead, Bill. COVID is kabuki theater too. It's all oh, well, to, this, 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 what you're saying is 100% true. It is satanic. And uh, the whole premise, you know, uh, of the action, the PCR test is a total fraud to begin with. And then if you look at, as you know, with Dr. Ioannidis uh, et all study on the actual infection fatality rate using sero, uh, prevalence studies, it's so minuscule. It's it's it's. There's no grounds to even rule a claim a pandemic. Uh, it, you know, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with some of those recent numbers that have come out, like point zero 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 three percent for zero to nineteen year olds. That includes people with all manner of comorbidities. Exactly. Yeah. It's
0: it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's what do you call? it. It's not even. It, Look, no one wants one person to die, but people do die of things all the time, right? But it's statistically insignificant, those numbers. It's like like it doesn't exist with young people. Yeah, and then the
2: overall from 0 to 69 is 0.095%. I look back at the 2009 flu, and depending on where it was, you know, what area of the world, uh, and uh, age variability, the actual infection rate, Risk fatality rate was one point two percent all the way up to thirteen point nine for a flu in two thousand nine. That that no thirteen point nine over ten percent. You're you're looking at significant numbers, right. but when you're talking about this, it's so insignificant relative to that. And they didn't shut down economies for the two thousand nine flu, or yeah. do any of these things. No. The other yeah exactly.
0: It, look, it's, as far as I'm look, I wasn't around a hundred and two years ago, but as far as I know. They didn't even shut down society for the 1918 flu, which killed no, they didn't 50 million people, I believe, right? So it's it's like yeah, they did the stupid masking thing, but you'd expect them to do masking in 1918. It's a uh, medieval medicine, right? You'd expect medieval medicine in 1918, not so much 2020. But of course, those masks didn't do anything. Right? Fifty million people died, but no, they uh, did. didn't stop us from doing it again. But, but they, they did do. It it might be. Be. Go ahead, Bill.
2: Sorry. They did do, and what this is doing, is increase bacterial pneumonia and other of diseases. Course. Yes. That's absolutely. B- absolutely. In fact, absolutely. but they yeah. deter- Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, so many of those, those, some of those, I don't know what percentage of that 50 million in 1918, but a percentage of them probably died from what you're talking about.
2: There is an argument that that's exactly the case looking back at it. And there was also an argument that there was a vaccine that was being introduced through the military that actually was the foundation of that disease. Just like we're seeing in this, uh, well, we can't call this a vaccine, this gene editing, uh, I call it uh, clot shot uh, uh, bioweapon. It it's a yeah.
0: clot shot. We
2: should all call it that because that's yep. what it is. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, you know, they also forget to fail to tell us. By the way, the NIH has listed many uh, herbal natural mineral vitamin uh you know in, in immune enhancing uh, uh products in fact i found a summary article in the nih uh that listed all those things uh that's fauci's national institute of health through pubmed uh anything from elderberry which is known to be uh very beneficial for respiratory illnesses uh and uh Oh, oh, oh! Star anise. By the way, that herb is is what's used for uh, Tamiflu. That's where they get Tamiflu from. and so I that dropped...
0: Tamiflu is that in Tamiflu when you go buy it?
2: Uh, well, they actually derived originally that was a derivative of star anise, the herb star anise. It, 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 but it's very simple, Bill. Ivermectin has cured
0: people. Remdesivir oh, yes. killed people. Yet, what did they push? The remdesivir, and, and they they did not, and, and they and they told us ivermectin was a horse wormer, right? They they just bullshitted that it was a horse wormer. So they pushed they pushed the they pushed the drug that killed people. Yes, and they prevented people from taking the drug that saves lives because saving lives from what with, with ivermectin would have made people. I don't need the vaccine, and they want the people to get the vaccine.
2: Period. Right, right. And you you mentioned ivermectin. Of course, now they're saying doctors can write the script, and also when you think about. Uh, the, the the remdesivir was so deadly that it was worse than Ebola, so they pulled it from the Ebola trials. Exactly, so, which, which was like fifty two percent death rate for remdesivir, fifty percent for Ebola. Yep. This is a drug. This is murder. This is worse than medical malpractice. This is actual murder. Uh, that they now you put people on a ventilator as their kidneys are failing what's happening? The lungs are filling up with fluid yeah. and, they, and, their lung and the and the lungs sacs can't absorb the oxygen just, just a reminder bill Because I
0: always yeah. need to remind people of this uh, two days ago Trump went on uh, what's-his-name's podcast there and said well we we saved people with ventilators history is gonna show right. How many lives we saved with ventilators who knows how many could have been three four million the guys a fucking hump? Still oh, pushing now that ventilators save lives, along with that, lockdowns, of
2: course. Actually, that protocol, you never were put on a ventilator without remdesivir. That protocol was an 80% death rattle. 80%. Yes, yes. right. Meanwhile, if they could have put people on simply for the cytokine storm as a good doctor, who's American frontline doctors uh, and frontline critical care doctors, simply code steroids and antihistamine which works for every cytokine storm it's wouldn't be you have a peanut allergy or a shellfish allergy and that right away within uh four to eight hours brought the blood oxygen saturation levels up to normal for people who are as low as 70 percent 72 percent so this is flat out uh murder and i don't see any other way but we'll never see a charge as such uh it's because the situation's so corrupt between the House and the Senate. They'll have they've had their committee hearings, and nothing is will or ever does come of these things, Mike. This is this well, is why. My- I'm not once again. I'm not saying RFK Jr. would do
0: it. I'm not saying Ron DeSantis would do uh-huh. it. But it's going to take the President of the United States getting his Department of Justice to to do this stuff. That's basically what it's going to take.
2: We would need. It's not going to be Trump because that would indict himself. Oh, of he it's not signed going to be
0: Trump. No, it's not going to be Trump. I'm saying we have two guys that are running that I yeah. believe would at least attempt to do it, right? That we have yeah. any shot at all with. And that's it. One on the Democrat side, one on the Republican side, and that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Four.
2: Agreed. Agreed. So, I I I my two of my, my my friend Chris, 12 years younger than me, no comorbidities, only got the vaccine cuz he wanted to visit his parents at a senior care facility, he didn't want to risk getting them sick, but he didn't really want to do it. And after the second shot, major coronary, died in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven. The doc said he was dead before he hit the ground because he never put his hands out. He was down to his high school weight. I, me, on the other hand, with coming off of a pituitary endocrine disorder, a tumor that killed my uncle now with multiple comorbidities, went the herbal route, stayed, Dr. Senef. MIT eliminated the glyphosates, the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides from my diet that destroy gut bacteria, and I'm fine. And he got two vaccines, and it killed him. And my stepsister's daughter at 38, Krista, who was a little BMX bicycle championship star, my father owned a bike shop, and then a swimmer, she had no comorbidities major to speak of, and she died in her sleep from that son-of-death, del- son-of-death syndrome. But so she depressing. got after her second shot. They died within two weeks of one another, Mike. It's so depressing.
0: And you're <laughs> hearing I'm hearing more and more stories of of horror. I am hearing more of stories about look, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I I truly don't know anyone that died of COVID. Okay? So I don't know. I don't know. But you know, someone who was talking the other day on here, Andrew, came on the show and said, Well, the symptoms of COVID, you know, some of the symptoms are different than that of flu, such as the loss of uh, of uh, the sense of smell and taste. Yeah, I was told that. I was told people experienced that. I don't know one person in three years that lost their sense of smell or taste. Right. So I, I, I don't know. It's, I, once again, I can't trust anymore what they say. Okay. So, but I do know of people who know, who have died very young, yep. like you say, out of nowhere. Blood clots, strokes, heart attacks, 18 years old, 20 years old, 25 yes. years old. I'm
2: hearing about it more and more now. And we're going to hear more and more because they're pushing these damn boosters and you know vaccine of the mask mandates, vaccine for kids to go to college. Now they got they're pushing the same old, same old. Well, Bill, it's
0: nine, they they say ninety seven percent of us have gotten COVID, right? Right, I am sure we have. It could be one hundred percent of the of the United States has had COVID, but you would think if nearly one hundred percent of the people have had it, I would know somebody who lost their sense of smell and taste. I don't know anybody.
2: No well, it may maybe after the vaccine, they lost their sense yeah, of smell yeah, and taste. Yeah, yeah well, that's a, that's the you're, you're you're in luck. You're in luck. Yeah, if that's as bad as it got. If, it's yeah, true. If
0: that's as bad as it got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know a guy. Uh, I I can't mention names, but I, I know I have a friend who's a young kid in his thirties, who all of a sudden over the last three months has had two seizures. Oh no! Never, oh, never God. in his life. But he's in mid thirties. Never in his life did he have one seizure It's unbelievable months ago. Now, he only took the original vaccines, never took any of the boosters. Right. So the period of time between the vaccines and his seizure was about two years, so I don't know if the vaccines could last that long. The initial one, if it would take two years to give him a seizure, I don't know. But What I do know is thirty five, never had seizures before. No history of feeling, no ham, no family history. And now he's worried he's worried that the vaccines may have done it.
2: Well, you know, who talked about this was Dr. Luc Montagnier, the Nobel Prize winning doctor that won the Nobel Prize for his discoveries about HIV and AIDS. And and he talked about this, the uh, long-term effects of the vaccine. He predicted these things within several years, and here we are. Um, So this is anyone who's studied him or... Or uh, even Kerry Mullis, or uh, oh gosh, there's so many doctors, Mike, that have, have been on top of this and yeah, about tons the. Tons of doctors, tons of yeah, doctors, yeah. That they Absolutely. blackballed. Uh, and this, that you know, it's so nefarious, uh, so evil. You, you know, Trump, he's pushing the emergency use authorization and. And uh, he signed those things. The other thing is he allegedly got us out of the World Health Organization amendments, right? Out of that temporary. You know what though? He his uh, his administration financed the Global Alliance for Vaccine and Immunization, GAVI, and they, along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which Gates heavily uh, uh, donated to GAVI as well, and the Wellness Trust and the Rockefeller Foundation, those four NGOs. Had more pull on the World Health Organization than all the other nations combined with the amount of money they, they dropped. So, yeah. so Trump backdoored the money to the World Health Organization. People don't realize that. If they study you can find that out. So, he's always been a, an actor and a pathological liar. And my impres- opinion should have been imprisoned many times over. But the system's so corrupt, of course, that it never happened from everything from tax fraud to money well, laundering, influence
0: peddling. When, when your buddy, who
2: you've now stabbed in the back because loyalty is a one-way street
0: with Trump, when your buddy is Rudy Giuliani and he protects your ass as DA of New York and mayor of New York, that they, that's a big reason why, as a businessman in New York, he was never charged with any crime. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. You, you know, know, and the problem you have now, Mike, is this, and I know we differ on this, but the Biden crime family and the Burisma machines are totally hackable, and the DOJ buried... Buried the truth on everything around the Biden crime family that heavily influenced the election. So now you have you have that, which pre preempts anything that happened after, and that crime needs to be prosecuted. I know.
0: Bill, look, look the Trump stuff. Nothing. There was no prosecution until after he left office, right? Right. So look. The next president, if it's, forget if it's not, it's not going to be Donald Trump. We know Donald Trump is a liar. He said he'd prosecute Hillary and never did.
2: That's right. That's right. We
0: don't know. Will, maybe, maybe Ron DeSantis will have his Department of Justice look into some of this Trump, this Biden family stuff. Maybe he should. You know, it might just take until Biden is no longer president. Well, Jim Jordan,
2: I believe, is bringing, and the Republicans are, uh, I believe, working on impeachment proceedings for Biden and investigations uh, on all levels. So I don't think it will take till he gets out of office. Uh, whether whether they manage to impeach him through both the, the Senate and the House, I, I don't know if that will happen.
0: Um, well, you know, but, these impeachments are ridiculous, right? Cause I know they are. They're so I mean. purely political, and we know that we're never going to get convictions.
2: No, that's it. It's very it.
0: divided – Congress and country, right. you're never going to get convictions in the Senate. So all you're going to get are basically Democrat houses re- right. impeaching Republicans, Republican houses impeaching Democrats. Exactly. And there'll be never, and there'll be never any kind of conviction, right? So, is there any point to do them anymore?
2: I no, other than it raises awareness, but
0: yeah, I, mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. I but get it's, it, You know,
2: it's a, it's it's a hollow. Victory because it never follows through, as you said. The other thing is, Mike. Let's face it: the grand agenda here is for the uh, uh, let's just call them the cabal of the cabals. Uh, the uh, the well, they talk about all words are bankers' words, but it, the the banksters, you know, uh, Larry Fink and Co. Uh, and the money managers. But it's really the money they manage, the supranational wealth they manage, the generational wealth they manage. Those are who are calling the shots. And all the politics is is to turn us against one another. So they can divide us, conquer us, and, you know, it's, it's all about the international trade of commerce. That's all it is. There's no borders there's, to these transnational corporations. They don't give a rat's ass about San Francisco or any other state or any other border. It's all about maximizing profits at all costs and outsourcing and then bringing in undocumented labor that have no labor rights and just gutting the economy so they can maximize profits. And this, while this is all happening, they're tying us up in this political divide. You see what I mean, Mike? And then when we're fighting one another, we're not focusing on them, which is what they want. You know, in my opinion. And so they'll they'll ruin every city in this country and every state over time. Uh, You might have some like the or some Republican uh, in Texas. But ultimately, you know, look at at Mike. Look at the precision schedule railroading. That's bipartisan. You see what I mean? In other words, the ultimate, whatever passes through the House Mm -hmm. and Senate is really a unit. Let's put it, the, the international trade agreements, the the NAFTA, Beijing Free Trade Agreement, Asian Free Trade Agreement, Trans-Pacific Pact—it's all about gutting the economies here so they can justify the BRICS nations, the New World Order, the Bush one put into the vernacular that's been talked about since the 1950s, the Rockefeller Foundation. Do you see what I mean? This yes. is this has been in the works for decades, you know, ahead, and no doubt about it. Yeah, you're right. They're not. They're not going to change. Nope. Be, no, that, that that America is done. It's like Chris Hedges said, the America's farewell tour. I hate to say it, but they're not going to bring manufacturing back. Kind of the idea of look at the Caloosah River is on fire ten times, and that's why we had the EPA, the Love Canal people. We're talking cancer clusters. We're talking emphysema. We're talking all kinds of diseases from from that. You know. Andrew Wheeler under Trump destroying the EPA regulations to bring jobs back. When are we going to make America? What's America going to resort to? To more rivers on fire? I mean, more, more, more fires and 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 and, and sacrifice zones for cancer, for leukemia, for for emphysema. I mean, come on. The, sure, there's a little overreach when it comes to certain things, but overall. We still have a huge problem when you look at what happened in East Palestine, what those people are going through today. Right. You know, the, the EPA is totally corporate captured. And it, I, we didn't dive into that, but the National Transportation Safety Board meetings on that, Mike, had come out that uh, the vinyl chloride, the owners of the vinyl chloride, what the hell was the name of that? It's been a while since I, it'll come to me, i keep talking. Oxy, no, it wasn't oxy chloride. Anyway, we were on the vinyl chloride. They were monitoring those 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 uh, rail tankers and none had split, none were leaking, it was all lies, Mike, and the temperatures were going down, that material was not polymerizing, that came out in the hearings, and the vents were working and they asked three times for that product to be trucked out of there, and they ordered trucks, and they weren't allowed to come in, the tanker trucks, to haul that stuff out of there. And there's, according to Cleveland 19, we know you and I didn't get a chance to talk about this, but it just shows, this all came under Biden, Trump, and Obama, that there were 22 tanker trucks with a total of up to, well, 600,000 to 660,000 gallons of material, and... None of it was trucked out of there. All of it went into two burn pits and burned. And I operate heavy equipment on federal superfund sites with OSHA, uh, CERTs, and certified by Caterpillar. And they would never put anyone digging in there between uh, the potential of, of of those chemicals exploding and the rails. Never happened. That's bullshit. So when I knew they were digging to 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 burn that material that we were being lied to, and that all came out in the NTSB hearings, and they lit up that whole, all those, all those hundreds of thousands of gallons of material, Mike. We've been lied to about this from the very beginning, and the dioxin levels uh, testers went in independent found it was up to one hundred and sixty-four thousand percent higher than it, than any baseline should be.
0: Have you heard anything people- about this in the news lately? Has there been anything? No. Nope. No. Nope. It, it just went away. It was in the, Once again, one of those stories. It was in the news big for like a month and then totally dropped. There it no, always no happens that way. Up, nothing happening. No follow-up to see if those people are okay, if any of them have gotten sick. Uh, nope. What happened? We don't know. Nothing,
2: right? No, no. There's people. Um, the only one who's uh, investigating that is Status Quo, who also still investigating Flip Michigan. Uh, and they're still having problems with water there. He's the only one uh the YouTube channel, Stanis Koo. I, I forget the fellow's name. Jordan Sheridan, I think it is. But oh, I've emailed him. It. Of
0: course. Yes, of course. I know no,
2: I've know. emailed him. He's talking 11 rail tanker cars. I said, no, the EPA uh, diagram that I found on Cleveland 19 is a photo of all those tanker cars and then what was in each one of them. And... And they hold up to thirty thousand gallons. So we got twenty-two, not eleven. And it was oxyvinyl chloride, I think it was, that, that owned the, the five vinyl chloride. But there's many other chemicals, from benzene-type products to uh, 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 ethylene glycol-type products to petroleum uh, refined lubricants to uh, uh, well, I think I covered most of the major it's chemicals. Really be
0: another that- situation, basically, just like. The, the horrible reverberations of, of, of COVID vaccines and lockdowns. we yep. sick, right? Years oh, people! From. Wait, nine eleven like nine eleven, right? We're gonna yep. see people sick years from yep. now. People who worked oh. in zero, who were told, people, feel, it's amazing. Like this is ancient history. We were told back in yep. September of two thousand one and two thousand two that, that don't worry about it. The air is fine. The air is
2: fine. Bullshit. And in, in addition. Those people are talking how sick they are now, how sick they're getting, yeah. their noses bleeds, the, yeah. the nausea. They can't more go back to their have homes. have died, Bill, more yep. people
0: have died from people who worked at Ground Zero. More of right. them died than people who died on 9-11.
2: That's absolutely true. I, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was going to the station house, when you used to be able to get out and sing and do the jazz out in uh, karaoke, I met a guy bullshitting with him, his wife like the sing we're talking he worked on i i started talking about work my my osha syrup excavator operator he goes bill i operated excavator so what'd you think about ground zero those I, I said i couldn't believe when i was watching all those guys with their doors open without ppe personal protective gear according to osha standards and all those guys who would with the welder uh, cutting torches i said They're, i knew they were all going to get seriously sick he goes bill i was on the pile I'm, what? He says, yeah, it was an excavator operator. I had my cab door closed because there's a HEPA filter, but I had on the mask. Now, by the way, talk about masks. You look at that a, a respirator mask is is what you would think of when you're looking at uh, uh, a rubber type vi- silicone fit with the two Respirator cans that have to be specific for what you're trying to filter out, or volatile or organic chemicals or biologics. Biological respirator masks, Mike, or full face masks that cover the eyes because your mucous membranes are vulnerable yes. through your yeah, eyes.
0: This is what gets me. I, I, I do want to get to the film review. I know. This is what gets me pissed. Okay. All right. Look. So thousands and thousands of people who worked at Ground Zero died. Right. They were told at the time. I remember I was in New York. They they were down there. These EPA people were down there just like they were in in Pennsylvania with their bullshit detectors saying, oh, no, this is not – yeah, there's some stuff in the air, but don't worry about it. There's not going to be any long-term effects from this. Mm -hmm. Where's the prosecution of those people? Where's the prosecution of the government who told those men that it was safe to look – it wasn't safe to be there. Why did they have to be there? First of all, no one was alive in that rubble. Everyone was dead. Everyone knew that. No one fucking survived that. They, right. were dead. they weren't going to find any people alive. If they did, they would have found them in the first forty-eight hours. Okay. Yeah. And it wasn't like working down there for two or three days or a week or two wasn't the problem. It's the problem is they were there for months. Those guys. Oh, they those were. Guys were down there five days, six days a week for like five, six, seven months. That's oh, yeah. the problem. There was no reason for them to have to be down there. They could have waited a fucking year, two years, and then gone in. They could have had robots removing stuff in 2002. Those guys didn't need to be down there. They were down there simply for two reasons, political, right, to show, hey, 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 look, Bin Laden, we're strong. We're going to rebuild. And, of course, monetary reasons, because they wanted to build new stuff there like they did with the new tower. So those guys didn't have to be there. They didn't have to be there. They could have waited six months, a year or longer until the air was fine for them to go in there and start working on that. Where is the prosecution of those people? We act as though it's just like Fauci likes to say, and I want to punch his dumb nose down his dumb, stupid throat when he says it, collateral damage, collateral damage. No, they're not collateral damage. We knew the air was dangerous, and yet they told them it wasn't. Right. For selfish monetary reasons, those people need to be in jail.
2: I, I 100% agree. And there are ways to go in. I mean, they, trust me, there's ways to go into a situation like 9-11 with the right personal protective gear for the cleanup and, and be protected and use water suppression and keep dust down and do certain things. They did none of that. And that was the problem. Those guys were totally unprotected. You remember those guys with the cutting torches? They were just regular yeah, clothes. Because they told them that I know. there were not going to be any long-term effects from the air down there. I, You know, oh, shit, this is a problem. The regulatory bodies are totally corporate captured. And and having trained to get my 40-hour hazmat per shirt, I was watching that on TV, TV, and I'm going, this is madness because there's asbestos in those buildings that dropped, number one. And then all other kinds of building material chemicals. And, and the pile was still smoldering. I'm like, this, this, these guys are all going to eventually die. You know, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I'm, where's EPA? I'm like, I, what the hell was going on? And I'll tell you why they let that happen, Mike. Because if the, if you saw people on the pile in Tyvek with respirator masks on, with torches or on, on machinery, all those people living in that area would have been screaming bloody blue murder. What about us? Right. we're living right next to the I pile.
0: i know i know though a lot of people look i went down there for about an hour it was on uh saturday or sunday of that weekend so i guess what is that september 15th fourteenth, 15th i went down there so this was just three four five days after it happened um and i was walking around and of course there was all that soot on the building yep. right the buildings were caked in soot right Yep. but i was of course you know they had it you know, you couldn't get close to the ground zero area, right? They had it all you know, guarded. But I'm thinking to myself, What these guys are breathing this shit in. Yep. These guys I could still I could smell it. I knew people who lived in Chelsea, right? Which mm-hmm. was several miles away. And they could smell it. People in Brooklyn could smell it. Right. Wow. So I can only imagine what those guys were do were breathing in, working right there on top of it for wow. week Unbelievable. After week and month. After
2: month, I don't know what got into those guys. I don't know. My buddy, the one I told you I met, he said, "No, I had the gear on, I had the door closed." My friends were making fun of me. Of course, he was never on camera because they didn't want to show anyone doing that. And I, I you know what I, I think it was, Mike. A lot of those guys who went in, like I, I worked for a company that did environmental remediation, so I had my OSHA forty-hour. That's occupational safety. You know, health, uh, administration, uh, certificate for, for dealing with hazardous materials. A lot of those guys were just construction guys. In other words, they didn't have OSHA cert, so they didn't know any better. You see what I'm saying? I see. If, you, yeah, right. if you're an excavator operator doing normal construction and you're not working on EPA cleanups, you're not going to have an OSHA cert. Right. Or if you're a welder. I got you. Yep. So they were ignorant and they let, them,
0: but the OSHA knew better. No, I, I'm putting the pressure on you, Bill. We have to, we have to light- Okay, Mike. My- How do we lighten this up? Lighten it up. Give me a good transition.
2: Oh, God. You know,
0: <laughs> it's tough. I know. It's not easy. It's,
2: it's tough. What, easy. Maybe another night we, we can dive into it's not light, but dive into what's still going on in uh, Lahaina. But that's, that's not light at all. So we'll change the subject. But that's that's well, what, what I, I was to do. doing
0: right Yeah, well, Yeah, we, we'll do that. Bill, thanks for calling. Don't be a stranger.
2: All right Mike thanks right. for listening.
0: All right. All right. All right. And I'm I don't want to annoy Mr. Williams. Mr. John Williams is here. Um and he's waiting. Uh, yeah, he's waiting. Okay. All right, John and the Boston Pops would you would you play me in? Do you want to do you want to play me in? Because you know what? You are a great transition. You are the transition. You are my transition, John. You are my, This is why I know Steven loves you so much. I know Spielberg loves you. I could tell. Okay, John, please play me in. All right. Thank you, John. Thanks. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. So uh, the first film, what am I going to do first? I'll do Bottoms. We'll do Bottoms first. We'll do the comedy first. Then we'll go into the uh, Denzel Washington film. So I don't know if you've been hearing about Bottoms, but it's actually uh, one of the stars of Bottoms is Emma Seligman, Rachel Sennett, and uh, Marshawn Lynch, the ex-football player from Seattle, from the Seahawks, is in it. Um, and I, I noticed that and I sent messages to my friends in Seattle. I said, did you know Marshawn Lynch was an actor now? Well, let me tell you, Marshawn Lynch is probably the best thing about this film. He plays a, a teacher at a high school, right? <laughs> and uh, he, um, there are these girls, uh, two very unpopular high school students. They happen to be lesbian. So, what Bottoms does is it takes your traditional, let's say, uh, high school comedy, let's say of the 80s, right, which is usually dominated by men, right? It would usually center around male students, right? This one centers not only around female students, uh, but to female lesbian students. I know what you're thinking, right? Very woke, very woke. What it is, it is, right? Right. It's trying to play to the current crowd, right the current young crowd, right mm-hmm. who want to see themselves on the screen, right So we have two girls, one white, one uh, it gets worse, one white, one black, and they're both lesbians, okay And they are not very popular and they're trying to find a way to get popular in school, okay They have you have all the jocks. Uh, what's funny about the film is that the jocks, the football team, they' they're always walking around in their football gear. Even in class, they're in their football gear, which is kind of a clever, funny touch, all right? And uh, they're tired of being really always in the bottom. Bottoms, that's why it's called bottoms. They're always on the bottom, basically, right? And no one pays any attention to them. And these two lesbian girls are trying to figure out how to get other girls attracted to them, right? There are two particularly hot girls who were involved with these football players who these two lesbian girls would like them to finally notice them. So they come up with a clever idea, which is to start this fight club, a female fight club, based on basically the idea of you learn how to defend yourself. Right. It's a violent world. You know, men can be violent, blah, blah, blah. Let's learn how to defend ourselves. And we'll have a female fight club, once again, reversing what we usually see. Right. In films like Fight Club, where it's male male fight club. So the idea of a female fight club in itself is funny. Right. But of course, these girls do it just to meet. These other girls—that's their basic reason for starting it. Now it develops into something else, right? Into a real fight club where they all kind of, you know, uh, uh, get to uh, uh, bond with each other, learn self-defense, and and become, you know, strong, independent women. This is the center. This is the center focus around this film. And of course, we know the arc in this, right? The girls are going to come in, the girls they like are going to come into the fight club, they're going to get close to them, then the girls are going to f- finally realize at some point that the only reason why these girls did it was to meet them, and you know, there's going to be a lot of drama and all of that. The film tries to be kind of um, dark com- not dark comedy, but uh, offbeat comedy, offbeat humor, subversive humor, right? And there are a lot of great one-line zingers in the film. There's tons of one-liners where you might have to see the film, it's one of those films you might have to see twice, to catch all the the one-liners. And there's a lot of funny stuff here, it really is. And I like the idea of the reversing of the gender, the the gender-bending. Luckily, there's no trans stuff involved here. It's basically just gender and sexual orientation and the role reversal of women playing roles that we've seen men play in the past. I like all that. The problem with Bottoms is that the kind of humor it has is this humor where it's constantly winking. You constantly see them winking. And it could have been really subversive. It could have been maybe some really kind of offbeat, dark humor. and um, maybe made a real statement uh, and had some real impact. But it's such a wink. You can see these screenwriters, the actors, winking at us, basically, as they deliver their lines. Aren't these clever lines? Aren't these funny lines? Isn't this humor offbeat? After a while, that kind of grows old. And... Uh, I don't, you don't really care anymore. It, it kind of plays the same note over and over again. Like I said, it could have been, it could have had bite, and the film has no real bite to it. It, it. it it seems to be happy with us being in on the gag all the way through. And after a while, like I said, that kind of grows old, even though there are some very funny lines. There's some gl- very clever comedy here. Marshawn Lynch as the teachers is very good and very funny and delivers his lines perfectly for someone who's not a trained actor. Um, but I just, after a while, it just wore on me. I said, you know what, I'm, this is not working. Also, the the screenplay itself is kind of weak. The whole story surrounding the Fight Club and where it goes is kind of strained. It doesn't really work. So there are a lot of moments in this film where if you go see it, you're gonna say, oh, Mike, lighten up, it's really funny. It could have been better though, you see. It is kind of funny, but it had the, 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 the potential to be really good, biting humor, and it doesn't do it; it falls short. So I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm going to stop giving stars. By the way, I'm going to give it a thumbs down and about two and a half stars. All right, so that's bottom. So kind of a mixed review, you know. I, I, so, but in the end, it didn't. It really didn't. Uh, really didn't work for me. All right. So now we're going to go to the Denzel Washington film, Equalizer Three. So I don't know if anyone's ever seen the Equalizer. Wasn't it? It was the, the the British version, right? The television show, and now Denzel Washington throughout the the three films have played the role of uh, kind of an ex, one of those shadowy, ghost-like ex CIA agents, uh, Robert McCall, right? And we don't know exactly what his background is, but we do know that he's a very dangerous person, right? He's a a, a, a he's a, a top notch. Hitman, basically. And he carries out different missions. And it's one of those, you know, deals where he's a shady character. We don't know. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? He kills a lot of people, but for good reasons, right? So that's basically Denzel White. kills a lot of people in the most grotesque, horrific ways, but there's a good reason behind it. So if you can get behind that kind of a character, that's the character Denzel plays in these films. And in this Equalizer 3, he's kind of, you know, he's Denzel now. So he's starting to get a little bit older he wants to kind of maybe retire. He's tired of doing this. He's tired of killing, even for the good reason. He kills people, and uh, he finds himself in southern Italy dealing with the mob. And at the beginning of the film, we see it, it opens with his killing of you know of a bunch of mob mobsters who were, uh, uh kind of like also terrorists and are funneling money, drugs and getting drugs onto the streets and working with other terrorist organizations on this drug dealing entity. And he infiltrates them and he kills a few of them. Then he ends up in this small Southern Italy town. Um, and he begins to like the people in this small town. It's a very small town outside of Naples. You know, it's, uh, it's got, you know, uh, those little coffee shops and cafes and, uh, There's a doctor who actually takes him in because he ends up getting some kind of an injury. And the doctor takes him in. he, He becomes friendly with this old Italian doctor. And he begins to like this little southern Italian town. He sees himself maybe retiring there. He likes the people and he becomes very protective of them. And of course, that can't be the film, right? So the mafia tries to take over this small town. And of course, Denzel won't allow the mafia to take over this small town and hurt the people he loves. So that is basically the premise of the film is that you have Denzel dealing with this uh, crime family, this mob family, trying to take over this town. It's a port town where they can funnel in drugs and make money. And also there's this other film seemingly going on without Denzel, which has to do with the bigger aspect of this organized crime family run by these Italians. Now, Denzel is fantastic. He really, every, every scene he's in, you can't take your eyes off, Denzel. Uh, I always get the feeling in these kinds of films that Denzel is such a great actor, such a classically trained actor. We've seen him in some of the most incredible films, right, like Malcolm X, that he's slumming when he does stuff like this. It just feels that way to me. Like, Denzel, you need the check that bad That he's slumming in a film he doesn't really need to be in but of course he always makes the film better right because he's denzel you can't take your eyes off him right and of course he's like rambo right he's this one man killing machine he can't be stopped and uh denzel plays it great you know he he's a he's a master at not overacting right he's he's, he delivers his lines perfectly whenever he's in any of these scenes it, it it makes the film worth watching the problem is it seems as though he's not in half of the film, which I don't understand because when you know that Denzel is the best thing about your franchise, the best thing about your film, why would you have half the film where he's not in any of the scenes? That's the problem with the equalizer is that when Denzel's on screen, we can't take our eyes off him. We actually believe, we believe that he's this great CIA hitman, you know, who could take on armies and kill everybody, but when he's not in the film, it's just a very bland film about this organized crime family. And a lot of the mobsters in this film are overplaying it. We've seen mob mobsters depicted better than this. They're overplaying the mob character. And so it's a weird juxtaposition. There are like two different films here, one with Denzel and the one without Denzel. And unfortunately it's so uneven that by the end of the film, we're thinking, well, it's it, it's the screenplay is just too thin it's too commonplace we've seen it before we've seen it done better we've seen this terror and you know drug dealing and mob stuff done so much better that when Denzel's not on screen you realize that the franchise really needs him that it's not not much without him and I don't I don't get it uh, the director Antoine Foucault, I don't he has worked with Denzel so much. He was in that great film Training Day, right? Which was great with with, uh, with Denzel. I think that might have been Fuqua's first film or one of his first films. And uh, he knows what a star uh, Denzel is. But maybe he thought his screenplay was better than it was. Because it's not. And since half the film doesn't have Denzel in it, it's not worth seeing. I'm going to give it a thumbs down and two stars. So, I'm sorry. I have... <laughs> two films this weekend that i can't recommend either of them but you know what i recommend i recommend you go see oppenheimer and barbie (laughs) that's that's all i can say right now although uh we're in september now so we're getting into the uh oscar film uh part of our program it's oscar film season right so there's a lot coming out there's a lot coming out there's the uh ferrari film directed by michael mann with Adam Driver playing uh, Ferrari. I guess Adam Driver is gonna play every famous Italian ever, it seems, right? Uh, so there's Michael Mann's Ferrari, there's uh, David Fincher with the killer, there's Martin Scorsese's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. There's a lot coming out, so there'll be a lot to talk about uh, over the next few months. All right, I am taking a four-day weekend. I won't be here Monday and Tuesday. Monday's Labor Day and I'm taking Tuesday also. So I'm taking a four-day weekend. Uh, I'll be back Wednesday, okay? So we'll have shows Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week, all right? The name of the show is And Let's Be Heard. I'm Mike Cachopoli, all right? And I will see you again. Have a great holiday weekend. Go do something fun. Get out there. Have a good time. Forget politics for a while. I'll be back here Wednesday night, okay? But until then, until then, I want to remind you that your influence counts. Use it!